Well, you do great here in the Emerald City. I'm sure you can't wait to go. Take me away to that special place. That blowjob place. Where people like us can all live free. Free to get blowjobs. Take me away and let's live together. That's blowjobs. All blowjobs are and me. Do I sound good? Yes. Do I sound um, like I know what I'm talking about? It sounds like butter. Mm, yep. Okay. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, we brought it up on the way in today. It's now happy dappy lunch hour, and we're going to bring it up, and we're going to talk about it. Let's it's, talk about it. As painful as it is. It just so happens we both happen to watch it at the same, at the time. same time and the same evening. What are the odds? Uh, obviously, it... it it was a point of interest. Well, first off, let's let's tell the people what it is that we're talking about. So, what is it we're talking about, Ben? Uh, I caught, much like uh, my colleague here, uh, Ryan, watched a documentary on HBO last night called "Leaving Neverland." Leaving Neverland. Uh, I I I do not think we are the only ones who are talking about this right now. Right. So I agree. It was uh, it was quite informative, to say the least. Was it? Well, I mean, I it's information I just really, my brain had never gone to. I mean, I mean honestly, don't don't you? I I hate to say it, but don't you kind of feel like, um, you know, you, you after watching it that it was kind of like, well, you know, I I'd, I'd been to the Grand Canyon before. And I saw that there were these like crazy river tunnels that have been dug over time. Obviously, water's been running through here for a very long time. So you kind of knew, like all signs pointed to the fact that that's what was up. Right. Yes. It's it's not like you got to go back. This was like being able to go back and watch the time lapse of it. Right. You know, kind of happening. Oh my god! It it, wow. Wow, that's exactly what happened. Holy shit! Yeah. Um. So that's how it hit me. It hit it hit me in that way Mm -hmm. where I was kind of like, you know, we all knew. You know, in in I I don't want to bring up all the same points that everybody else is, but it's kind of like they, you know, the guy had a nickname Wacko Jacko. So if you didn't see it, that the whole idea behind leaving Neverland is um, Michael Jackson um, as he rose to superstardom uh, started relationships with uh, young boys uh, early I'd say 89 early 90s mm-hmm. you know right around the time of the bad album now that 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 still makes me want to listen to human nature you oh. know and uh, what do you mean it makes you want to listen to it meaning like I don't think I don't think I could listen to any any tracks like i don't think i'll ever listen to anything off the bad album again because that's when it all started yeah because that's when you know he kind of turned to the dark side right and so when he's singing so i'm I bad think, i'm bad you're like, yeah you, you are kind bad. of are you're straight up you're, you're pretty yeah, bad you're nasty but i think i could still listen to like when michael i can listen to black michael mm-hmm. i can't listen to white michael <laughs> so the man in the mirror <laughs> I'm, I'm, what, yeah. How's it go? I, I'm gonna make a change I'm, for I'm, once in my I'm life. I'm facing the man in the mirror. I'm like, I'm not sure you are. Gonna feel real good. <laughs> Jamona. Gonna make a difference. <laughs> gonna make it right. Gonna feel it to stay. How do you make it right? By keeping it in the dark. Pinching my nipples. Um, so, yeah, the whole thing for me was that, you know, the, this guy, he goes, he. he we didn't know about it until late '90s, early 2000s, because I think it happened twice. It happened once in 2003, and then once again in 2005. Oh yeah, okay. So I think that was the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point was is that th- these two kids, who previously had stood up for the guy and testified in court, you know, during the trials, saying, "Wait a second, he never touched me. He never did that." Oh, uh, uh, I didn't get that from the movie. Oh yeah. He, they, those two testified and perjured themselves in court previously, saying that it was saying he really didn't do it. It wasn't wrong. my experience with him. He was always such a sweet guy. He's a big kid. He never had a childhood. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then now they're coming out and the, saying now ten years after his death, saying you know, well, truth here, is, here's how it went. Now down. that I have a kid, we were brainwashed. Wouldn't say brainwashed. To a certain extent. I mean, they're young, seven years old. Like they said, they've got this super larger than life person saying, "Hey, look." 
we're in love with each other, right? Yeah, yeah, well, obviously. Okay, you can say the same thing about the Catholic Church. Right. <laughs> Pope's got a funny hat. Well, people do. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, so, all right. First off, let's just, uh, all logic points to the fact that it's true. Right. Every Everything. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm not here to throw anybody under the bus. Well, we don't have any knowledge to actually do the that. The guy is obviously not here to... Uh, Defend himself. To, yeah, to say, hey, come on, guys. No, for real, I'm just a kid. You know, like, he's not here to I say... I love anything. everybody. He's not here to do that. He did a lot of good for the world. But that's not what he's being judged on. Not he's being mm-hmm. judged on the uh, unhappy... Much like the Catholic Church. Uh, he's being judged on the on the... Very the few lives that he absolutely destroyed. Yes, um, and quite frankly, I think a lot of people are right in assuming that the parents are one thousand billion trillion percent to blame on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, nobody lets their four-year-old kid sleep in the bed with a thirty-four-year-old stranger who right. also happens to be a man. But I also get the idea that the one thing that struck me was the imp that i i did i did feel a little bit of empathy for some of the parents not not the australian kid oh yeah like i felt like the his curly haired uh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i felt like his mom was just chasing the dollars right and ruined the family and looking for a way out anyway yeah, yeah. and you know that the dad committed suicide mm-hmm. i think the i think there's another kid's dad who committed suicide over this too so it was wow. like two two fathers who committed suicide um i didn't empathize with her at all i feel like she was for the most part you know chasing her dream as much as she was chasing her son's dream and was willing to be ignorant right was willing to turn a blind eye because she didn't want to believe that her meal ticket would was also molesting her child um the other one though um i kind of i I could feel a little bit of empathy for her because it was like uh you know in both of these kids cases it was like that. This guy is a superstar, and it, it represented potentially a real opportunity for for that kid. Absolutely. And if you if you look at a lot of the things, like, and I don't think anybody ever made this argument, but like, look at today. Like, if you've got a a, a girl who's fourteen or fifteen, and she's a twelve mm-hmm. on the uh, hot scale. Okay. Right, she gets discovered in a mall or whatever, and she, you know she's going to Milan, and she's going, she's and she's trying to launch a modeling career, do whatever. Right. Yeah, your your parents are gonna follow you around for a good bit of that, um, pretty much until they feel comfortable with sure the group that you're running with, because now it's about you and your career, and quite frankly. You're just extra baggage, unless right. you're the management or your agency Making or whatever. Decisions. Exactly, right. they don't they don't need you around because you're just fucking up the works, right? So from a from that from that career standpoint, it was like, well, wait a second, my son's a dancer, or my son's, uh, you know, in commercial, trying to get in the commercial world or trying mm-hmm. to do whatever, like, and he's got a mentor here, or somebody who's tr- genuinely trying to help him. Right. And make his way in the and world. the patience, the time that he put into it. Oh, calling the parents and like oh my heading over to their house and eating microwave dinners and shit. No, yeah. I mean, commitment. Yeah. He was living. <laughs> patient. He, he lived the lie for sure. Yeah. He's like, I just need to get to this point. Yeah. They're mine. And then I can do whatever I want and they'll trust me too. Mm-hmm. Here's, mm-hmm. Some, here's some diet wine. It's creepy. It was... um. Yeah, it was eye-opening to say the least. But you know, just in, just because you, I, now you get the details on it, right? And it's sick. It's really quite quite sick. And I felt that a lot of the arguments that continually be made uh, on his behalf, where it's like he never had a childhood, right? You can't blame him. Right. He had an abusive father, and. You know, he yeah. never got to have a childhood, and it's like brain didn't develop over there. <laughs> fuck you, dude. Yeah, like, obviously he knew. He was telling the children, "Is like, look, if anybody finds out about this, they just don't understand. This is we love each other, but they're not gonna be okay with it. it We'll go to jail. I'll go to jail. Like, 
No, he knew the consequences yeah. for sure. But I'm just saying is that, that he he lived that lie same way that he had everybody else telling the same lie, which was he never had a childhood. He just he he's mm-hmm. like a nine year old boy or whatever. That's how he acts. That's his that's his behavioral pattern. It's like, no, dude, you had a childhood for real. You had a childhood, mm-hmm. and you had a childhood that the all of those kids like wanted to have. Yeah, you want they wanted to hang out with Diana Ross and meet Barry Gordy and. You know, mm-hmm. doing ABC and and touring the world and and become a superstar at such a young age and have everybody hanging on. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was tough and I'm sure it was weird, but you know, Macaulay Culkin didn't have like a normal childhood either. None, right. of, none of these child stars. You don't see any of them being like, "I was robbed of my childhood." Like, right. In some cases, I guess, yeah. I I would it would have been great if I got to go climb trees and play cops and robbers in the backyard, and awesome but that you know they made that choice you know you he could have quit after he got to that point right you know at, at some point I, I don't know if he ever got emancipated from his parents but it's kind of like you, you do have the ability to just start sucking right you know <laughs> or just being problematic and just saying i don't want to do this anymore right um but so, he did say that that was his happy place was on you know, stage being on stage so that's a choice he, he right. made the choice that that was what he wanted for his childhood. Um, and I don't think he was getting, you know, worked or molested or anything like that by anybody. Right. He was just hard, hard. <laughs> where do you think that shit came from? Well, I don't know. I mean, where does where does it come from in anybody who, who molests children? Mm, I mean, is it something usually from, in your brain? From being, you know... hurt yourself is that a medical are you medically diagnosing that no (laughs) i'm I'm just saying you're saying usually but you don't have case studies trauma tends to breed that's true absolutely so you know and yes you don't know a whole lot of pedophiles oh no 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 i'm not i'm not making any definitive cases here i'm just merely stating that yeah maybe because you know joe jackson was a kind of a an ass who was beating on his kids all the time and was a perfectionist and had, you know, didn't take no for an answer from any age that they came in. It was, they all were singing for their dinner for, from time they were born. Right. Like, and I'm sure there was some real, like that, that dude would be in jail for, you know, abusing his children. Right. uh, Because it's on record. He was physically abusive. I think that, you know, that obviously had a hand in it. And, but at the same time, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't feel like he could connect with anybody uh, outside, right. you know, outside of a particular age range. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It was so, I mean, they were so tough on him growing up. I don't know if maybe just that innocent, just that super duper innocent childlike wonder of the world was the only thing he was relating with. You know, was like, I just, that's all I want to feel. I just want to feel. Well, a, conne- a connection right. I get, but like. I don't know. It also maybe there are two two things that I took away from that. Number one, you know, Corey Haim was a fucking tragedy, right? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that guy was brought brought that shit to light on a reality TV show, you know, a few years before he killed himself. Like that just that crushed him. Yeah, right. he was a star. He he was a star who made it on a you know as yeah. a child star he didn't michael jackson didn't prop his ass up but he, he did it he pulled him out of stardom because he was on you know teen beat magazine he's like i want that kid so yeah. it was like all of a sudden now him and feldman are going over there and you feel you know feldman's kind of a weirdo um but at the same time you, you got to kind of feel for them like because th- that was something that they came they came out with long before these other two dudes and now all of a sudden why, why now like why are they did they run out of money? They're right, now they're trying right. to appeal. And so, I mean, but and also, they actually did perjure themselves in court by saying nothing ever happened. Right. And I think one of them at, at in two thousand five was of of legal age. You know, so they basically lied in court. Whether whether they were um trying trying to get a conviction or trying to defend somebody it doesn't matter. It's tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That you're going to fucking jail. Right, it's called perjury. So, I mean, that I, they're coming out admitting perjury, basically. Basically, <laughs> yeah, they're saying, yeah, I perjured myself back then, but that's because I, you know, I was embarrassed or I was whatever. It's like, dude, just don't, t- you know, you agreed to to testify, 
Right. He subpoenaed. They subpoenaed you, um, and, and you came out and and you did this. So yeah, you're on the you're on the hook for that. Right. You know, m- much more, much smaller people have gone to jail for perjury. You know, for less than, sure. than that. So, um, and then the last one was that I, I took away was was Macaulay Macaulay Culkin, right? Mm-hmm. So. So they said that he admitted that nothing had ever and happened he, physically, and, and he still to this day is like nothing ever. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing there. Not me, not me. It's hard to believe. You think so? <laughs> the way that he had that stable of young boys just kind of right cruising through and having little mm-hmm. slumber parties and shit, like. And at one point, Macaulay was his number one. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's, that's I think a, you only become number one with all if the you with all number one. in the sea of yeses. It's hard to believe the one guy who's saying no, right? <laughs> you know, does it change how I feel about McCullen? No, I think he's a cool kid, and yeah, he's done some you know he's he's done, he's done some pretty interesting things in his life ever yeah as a child star that's sure. moved on like Party Monster and all these other all these independent yeah. films. But I think a lot of Kind of what what turned him into who he is now. Like he is, he's a quirky dude. Very quirky. You know what I mean? Like he he has a very eclectic uh, interest set. Sure. And I th- he's one of those guys who's like lived all over the world and just kind of does what he wants to do. And, right. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think he's a. I mean, from what I would gather, he seems like he's an all right guy. You know, quirky for well, sure. Yeah, but... you know, all all kids who reach that level of success or whatever, you know, that they're, they're they all have so many more stories than anybody, right? You know, that they they just they've met everybody, right. they've done everything. Right. So they've and been it, to the bigger parties, exactly. <laughs> so it's and I'm sure he's seen, you know, way weirder shit than. You know, Michael Jackson wanted to tickle your balls when you're yeah. five or six. You know, being <laughs> right. in being in that world, especially Ugh. when you get in there, like I'm sure he's seen some some crazy shit that wasn't Michael Jackson. But it, right, right. Who knows? Um, I'm not saying um, that that anything that anything did happen to him. I'm merely stating that it's very difficult after something like this kind of comes to light to believe that nothing happened to him. Right. You know oh, of I mean? course, mm-hmm. well, like at least being propositioned or hey, you want to take a shower with me, baby? You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, I feel for these guys, man. I do. That's a tough thing to go through life remembering. Uh, but I mean, uh, what was the joke that somebody said? Uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle mentioned. He goes, "Man, can you imagine being famous for being for?" giving head to the president like right famous... you, you you know you're famous yeah. if the person who you give head to makes you famous exactly yeah and you're famous dick sucker of all time right. like like and but that that's that's kind of the label like now it's you're always going to be that kid who right got, got diddled by by michael jackson yeah um that's a tough one to roll now you're saying these two guys in the documentary are coming out later um you know, obviously, someone wanted to make a documentary. They seem to be the only two that would probably literally tell their story. Well, aside detail. from the ones that already tried to bring him down, right? One of like, them was like a cancer patient. You know, like some kid who mm-hmm. was like a Make a Wish kind of kid. Um, and then another one. One was named like Gavin, and one was named like Jordy or something. Like yeah, that. I think those were their. Those were the two kids. But they, they, you know, one of them got settled. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was another good point. I guess one of the moms made like. Uh, you know, dude, there's no, it, there's no way if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, look, just shut the fuck up, and I'll give you ten million dollars." Yeah, sure. Whether I did it or I didn't doesn't matter. Just stop doing this, and I'll pay you off. If you're the parent of that kid, like, yeah, you're not like, mm, make that out to cash. I mean, you're not right. You don't have a price on on that, especially if you right. feel like you're gonna. Especially if you feel guilty. Yeah. As they should. Yeah, you definitely should. Um, so yeah. I, I, the whole thing, the whole thing opens up, opens up a whole can of worms for me. And interestingly enough, the timing of the documentary, I mean, I, maybe it's just because we're in this new evolutionary period of, of awareness when it comes to harassment and abuse. But I mean, if you want to talk like a Me Too movement, right? A, um, uh, an authoritative 
power figure in in he happened to be in entertainment but in, in any industry that uses that power as a means to be like hey right you know let's take this to the next level um that's a that's definitely fucked up it is it is fucked up i mean is there anybody out there in the world that has that kind of power right now i mean as far as an entertainer remember how the, the documentary is like there are nobody no super duper stars like michael jackson anymore yeah somebody mm-hmm. mentioned and i don't remember who it was but they were like nobody will ever you'll never be right that big you'll never have any celebrities or superstars that are like that well because it's oversaturated now yeah right i mean the entertainment world all around is just it's just oversaturated like it's like yeah that is great but these things were like well no but i mean like people don't start breaking down crying because robert downey jr gets out of a car right you know what i mean right or the beatles michael jackson and people were just fainting and crying just at the sight yeah yeah so it's a is like, there anybody like that in the entertainment world right now? I mean, I guess if people are still doing it for Robert Downey Jr., then. Well, they're not crying. Right. <laughs> they may be throwing their panties at his limo. <laughs> right. Well, but, that'll always happen to, to a certain extent, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't mind taking a little bit longer to talk about this one because it, it, it seems to me that a lot, and I don't want to segue here, but there's a lot of these documentary films that have been coming out they're just they're coming out hand over fist boom 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 there's another documentary about anything and anything i do not remember growing up and my parents being like i just got this great documentary on it like it wasn't ever really a thing but the documentary films that are coming out now are super informative sure yeah you know they're they the way that I guess because of the technology and mm-hmm. what they have, like an, I watched another one that I thought was like, and I don't even want to put him in the same category. Right? Was the uh, was Bill Murray's? There was a guy who was basically trying to, and I think I don't know if it's on Prime or Netflix or whatever, but it's okay. it's about a guy who wanted to find out if if all of the stories about Bill Murray are real. So there's all these myths about bill murray as a person like if you he doesn't have an agent he doesn't have a manager he's got a 1-800 number that you have to find you know you have to track it down and (laughs) find it and then you just call this number and you leave a message and if he's interested he'll call you back and that's the only way you can get a hold of him and then the rest of the stories are like so there we were throwing a party it was the first time in my new my new pad we had just moved the couch in we went out to the local bar and uh, on the tambourine was fucking Bill Murray. Right. <laughs> and uh, came back to the house. He partied with us all night. And then, uh, yeah. He was gone. It was fucking great. And then he That's just it. left. And then, you know, another guy's like, yeah, it was sort of a dinner party. You know, walk in. And Bill Murray's doing the goddamn dishes. You know, like, it's just one of those things where you, you the myth around a guy like Bill Murray. Yeah. It's so heartwarming to think because, like, uh, he's such an icon. Like. To me, he's more important to the world than Michael Jackson ever was, just because he <laughs> okay. makes me, he made me laugh. Right, right. You know what I mean? Michael Jackson was the king of pop fad, and but Bill Murray was like is just a, a, a hilariously funny guy who always has delivered things with heart and only taken on projects that have he, have yeah. contributed, like have made have, have progressed the medium and and. You know, he, he's broken ground on storytelling, right? You know, through the stuff he's done with like Wes Anderson, and mm-hmm. going back to Ivan Reitman and Life Aquatic. Oh yeah, so to hear that you've got some somebody out there who is not a certainly not abusing their fame by any stretch, mm-hmm. certainly not abusing any power whatsoever. They are out there living their life like a like a normal human being, like right. a, a good friend that you haven't seen in ten years. Right. Who just when they show up, it's like no time and pass. Yep. And it, and they, they they make you for that one moment in time. You're just kind of like, I'm partying with fucking Bill Murray. That's the greatest <laughs> day of my life. Like that. That's that that guy. Yeah. He's doing it. That's be- that's so much bigger than that's upper management all the way. Yes, that is not writing a check for charity to make yourself feel better. That's that's yeah. going down and living the living right. living the living the life and being being a really solid good soul person. Yeah. So 
That that one was a good I can one. I agree with you. But that, Bill Murray, yeah. That one totally affected me in a really positive way cuz I was like, man, yeah, god. I always knew I loved Bill Murray, but now I'm like, oh, there's nothing there's nothing that he can do. He he'll never in my eyes. Right. Like he can do no wrong. Um the one that the the documentary that is coming out that I'm shitting my pants with glee Ooh, about okay. oh, is the one about and exciting and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I think it's called Thanos. Thanos. Her name's Elizabeth. Uh, let me let me just make sure I'm getting it right. Yeah. I think her name is like Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, hold on. Elizabeth, we get it wrong. You know, sorry about that. Uh, I know she's t- she's tuning in today. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who's the chick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there's well, it's the the thing is called um, drop of blood or or uh, uh, bathed in, not bathed in blood, the path to blood or something like that. Okay. Um, you got your path to blood. Anyway, it's basically about this, and I I think her name's Elizabeth. I'm not sure if there's a woman named if I'm getting it wrong and there is a woman named Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes, and it happens to be the wrong person's name. Elizabeth Holmes, you said. I think so. Yeah, t- take a look. Yeah. Okay, but go and ahead. being a Silicon Valley person, you would think that I would know. I'd be able to point this out, but right, right. she works in she worked in a completely different uh, sector of of tech. She worked in biotech, um, and her company was called like Thanos. Theranos. Theranos. How a broken patent system sustained its decade-long deception. Decade-long deception. Right. And as somebody who's been going through this patent BS, it's... uh, Theranos. T-H-E-R-A-N-O-S. There you go. So here's her story. Um, She is now like 37, 38 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. She was one of these overeducated millennial types. Uh, You know, had the... Uh, Stanford degree, um, had a business degree, had a, um, I think she had a degree, she might have had a degree in, um, you know, biotech, some, something in the biotech sector. Mm-hmm. But she invented this new process. Yeah. Right. And it was basically um, bringing blood testing, right. early, early screening uh, for. Anything and everything related to blood. Right. So real quick, I'm going to stop you really quick right there. So this is a super duper quick summary of Elizabeth Holmes. It says, Elizabeth Holmes, like Benjamin Franklin and Edith Clark, challenged a basic assumption. Why, she wondered, do doctors and researchers need to take so much blood from a person when running running tests? She's proven that they don't. Her innovation, which is what you're talking about, uh, which she has patented... requires the patient to surrender a mere drop of blood, and that small sample is then used for numerous experiments. It's no surprise that the company she founded on this technology is thriving. So go on. Okay. So basically the idea was like any other unicorn. This is what we call in the tech industry a unicorn. That's that's any startup that comes out of nowhere and skyrockets to a billion dollar valuation based off of investor interest so Mm -hmm. think about things like uber things like bird uh Mm -hmm. things where you you seemingly have a a relatively small company that starts in san in the bay area and in the valley of silicon and and all of a sudden there's so much interest around it that the Growth is rapid and explosive, and before you know it, there's fucking Ubers everywhere, scooters everywhere. Right. You know, it's and it just takes it takes the world kind of by storm. Right. <clears throat> well, in her case, um, the promise was so great uh, when you're talking about all of the different applications. You know what I mean? It, it, it every unicorn seeks to disrupt traditional methodologies and say, okay, uh, we can do it faster, we can do it cheaper, mm-hmm. we can do it better. And we're going to do the, all of that by introducing new technology. Um, and that just gets in big investment salivating. Right. It's like saying, uh, I went in and bought it a dollar share and now it's Amazon.com. Right. So 
everybody's looking for the next unicorn. Yeah, the mythical, sure. the mythical creature. Right. Um, she happened to be one of them, and I think at one point, her company, which had never actually produced fucking anything, meaning she had filed for patents, and that's where I think that article's coming in. The patents that she filed for were basically designs, no proof of work, meaning no use case studies to prove that this shit actually functioned properly. Right. They were design patents that she created. And she filed for brand new on how she thought it was going to work uh, and how, you know, basically it was fictitious. You know what I mean? And she was using this to get patents. It was basically just a hypothesis. Yeah, essentially. Meaning if you ask, like Michael Jackson holds a bunch of fucking patents. Okay. All right. On his his moves? No. And music, obviously. No, on his fucking shoes. Uh, Meaning, like he built a, he built a, he held patent, he held several patents. One of which was a, a, a way to get a lift, like a comfortable lift that you can put inside of a penny loafer. Oh, right. So that right. that doesn't that that helps you to be able to maintain all of your dancing without, you know, because those things are, you know, kind of a pain in the ass to walk in and dance in. I imagine so. He in, invented an apparatus that made them more dan- like dance shoes. Right. Okay. Right. So he he got that shit patented. So you're pat you're either patenting a design process, meaning like uh, the assembly line, right? Or you're patenting uh you know AOL chat, like a a window that pops up and you can communicate through it. Like that's an invention. It's an idea, and you have to be able to showcase that it functions and works, and that it's non obvious. Well. She did that, only she basically, it, it was made up. It was totally fictitious. There was no way that it w- it could have ever worked. Right. Um, well, what do you mean? It could have worked. They just, she just hadn't done it yet. No, it couldn't have. No, it, it couldn't oh, have worked. okay, okay. And she falsified results. To get the patent. In order to, yeah, wow. push everything through, as well as to keep investors mm-hmm. jumping on board. And at one point, this company had hit a, valua- a valuation of something ridiculous, like $8 billion. Wow. And, you know, this chick is flying around in private jets and sure. has places all, you know, several places anywhere she wants to go. She's she's living the CEO billionaire life. And she's, you know, 28, 29 yeah. years old, just crushing it. A company built around patents, it says. Wow. Yeah. And when it, when it finally came crumbling down and all of her, you know, all of the reports that she had filed, you know, through, through all of her quarterly meetings with, with her shareholders or investors, because they don't, it wasn't a public, publicly traded company. It was all, uh, it was a private company. So she would meet with her board or whatever. And she basically would present that she'd made progress when she hadn't. Wow. Um, and would, you know, talk over everybody's heads. Oh, we've got a, here's these fake, results that are i'm telling you are totally real and right you know your money's in safe hands and when this finally does release you know boom we're gonna change the world and we're we're filing you know we're obviously filing patents all the way through about uh, of the work that we're doing right like so she kind of bullshitting her way through it and you it is so expensive the yeah. patent the, and that's another one of the, the process of yeah. getting a patent yes unless you have just bundles of cash and and the right people like mm-hmm. they I think the patent office is just out there to take money from the small inventor, hoping that they're going to give up, right. turn you away on prior art. So the more detailed and out, outlandish your art form or, or, or art or schematics are, um, the harder it is for them to combat, which I, I don't know. It's a better chance of you getting the patent is what you're saying. Yeah. You're like, wow, man, that, that sounds pretty impressive <laughs> it also smells like a broken ass system to me right i yeah because there's so much money that it takes just to get your stuff in front and say hey i'm i'm different right my stuff is different and they're like oh well how how is how is your thing different than these other things and it's like this is a square wheel it's a wheel right. but it's square and they're like okay well we've heard of a wheel before so that's not new and you're like no but dude this one's straight up square yeah and they're like okay that i mean it is different but it's not different enough right right so then you got her coming in there and saying oh it's it's 
it's a wheel, but it doesn't actually roll on the ground. So it's not classifiably a wheel. Right. It's the hemoglobin. It's totally different. The, yeah. Uh, it's totally different. And, and we can, we can show algorithms. that we've solved how to beat gravity. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. Here, let me show you. Right. Get over here with the dental floss example and hold it from the string so he doesn't see it. Yeah. Um, so wow. Okay. It, it's, it's, so did she come crumbling down in the end? Oh, she is now facing like yes. f- fraud charges. Right. And the hardest part about this to believe, and there's still stuff that pops up in the news, obviously, um, as as we all anticipate, sure. you know, really <laughs> looking forward to. I don't know how many other people are super excited about seeing this thing. Right. Um, well, a lot of people love to see someone who's beat the thought they beat the system come crashing down. Yeah. You know. But here's what's interesting. So I'm I'm really down. I I love this this thing, and this is a this is because this this hits home for me. Like mm-hmm. this is a chick who went out had a great education, had all the right credentials. Was in the right place. Was hanging out with all the all the big shit dudes and, and right. of power. You know the young tech elite. Um, you know that 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 exclusive club that only has a handful of people in it. Mm-hmm. She's just she's she's in it. She's there, and all the while, like she's just what's what's going on? Where's this money going? Like that's the one thing I I'm always so curious about. How do you take something that reaches that level of valuation? Where does that money go? Right. Where does it go? You can't spend $8 billion on private jet trips. Right. You know what I mean? I don't care how many houses you you buy. You're going to leave a paper trail. You know what I mean? Um, so where does this stuff go? Where does it, where does it go? You know what I mean? Yeah. And in a private company, it's not like you can just you're publicly you're, you're publicly trading, so it's not like you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to dump my shares of stock on the next guy. You right. can't. There's nobody to buy them, um, <clears throat> unless you're working on like a private a private trade with somebody sure. else to buy somebody else's shares, and you do and you do a deal. So, yeah, I'm always most intrigued. Like, where does the you have some everything's parabolic? You know what I mean? It's like you're looking at this this scale. Like imagine a a graph where it's just this line that's slowly rising and then it just goes into this big upside down U and the fall is just as hard as the rise. Right. It's that fall from the top where all the drama happens that most people are are interested in. But I'm more interested in terms of where did all that wealth, all all of the resources that were dedicated to the ride up that hit that peak, where did all that shit fucking go it just disappeared it evaporated what do you mean they have to have that money they have to have some money somewhere maybe yeah i they I, that's what i want to see okay and I gotcha. it, you know that also so i'm going to get to an even bigger point after this but okay. if, if you look at another big documentary and these documentaries have to have blowback right. in some form or another uh i don't know what the michael jackson documentary the Neverland thing is going to, the blowback what is going to, what kind of legal blowback they might have those guys who are out there doing their interview tours and, you know, the guys who are, who are in, in that thing. Like if they're going to get a book deal or anything else, I mean, I think they told their fucking story. So what, what more right. is there to paper, <laughs> what more is there, there to say or how, how they're going to capitalize on it? Like they're saving the juiciest tidbits for last, you know, that kind of thing. But there's a, so many of these documentaries Hidden now. tapes out now. Right. That are popping out, though. Right? So another one that got me. And there, two, there were two competing ones. One was on Netflix and one was on, I think, Prime. Fire Fire Fest. Festival. And I was like, did you see the one where they talked about he had to go blow him to get the water? I'm that like, guy, no, that guy is so embarrassed. He's like, they told me that wasn't going to be in there. Like yeah. I was supposed to be editing. Like, I was literally gonna go down there and blow them for some water. I've never sucked a dick for uh for a company or but, before, uh, but okay. I just believed in it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was, I was ready to put my. I was my gonna d- go down there. And do I it. was gonna go down there and blow this guy. You know, we suffer for our art. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was sometimes com- you gotta suck a dick, you know. Competing documentaries. But yeah, but the but the the one that, that got the most press, which I, in my opinion was the best, I think. Mm-hmm. Was that that one that we're talking? It was on Netflix, the one mm-hmm. that got a little bit deeper into it and looked at McFarlane and and all of his other business dealings and how this guy was just a street fucking hustler all right, the way up right. and down, starting his little VIP credit card club shit mm-hmm. and just uh, load money on this. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll have your money to spend. We'll have these exclusive club parties, you know. And then you look at like ja, what was it, Ja Rule? Was mm-hmm. that the guy who was doing it? Yeah, okay. So right, what happened? What happens with the celebrity who goes out and puts his name all over something, and then you know, like Paris Hilton did with the the cryptocurrency. Oh right, which one was that? Uh, Lon Lydia. I, I remember reading something about her and her cryptocurrency. So, yeah, she backed a cryptocurrency. Is yeah. like you know tweeting about it to all of her followers. Like, where's the line of responsibility on that front? Because that's you know, you're representing a potential investment to try and you don't go. They don't. You don't get paid for your social influence just to be able to back out and be like, they could have made their own choices. Like, right. no, you're, it's in the fucking word, dude. Influence. That is what you are doing. You exactly. dumbass. <laughs> you are influencing people to buy the shit in. It's with a, video it, with stuff n- that is with, not, it does not exist. This yeah, is not with there. With no interest, with no, like you want the profits of it. You have never used the product. You don't give a shit. You're just doing some, you got to take some fucking responsibility because you're pushing other people to do shit that you're not fucking doing yourself, and that's fr- that's fraud. Right. That's it was yeah. Invest your money here; it's going to be safe. I vouch. You can take my word. Well, that your 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 word. You know, you you should be held accountable too. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a bad actor, but uh, there's a reason why they call it accessory to murder. Somebody's got to drive the getaway car, right? Or, or drive drive the car to the show, whatever. Right. It is. Right. So. Why I love what I love the most about the Fire Festival, which is why I'm excited about the you know uh, drop of blood, I guess, is the Theranos. Yeah. Um, As opposed to like they showed they showed you how it all went fucking south. Right. I see. That's the meat you look. That's for. the meat I'm looking for. Like the drama part. Where it's like, I, uh, all I don't they have know. are sandwich cheese sandwiches and, and tents. Yeah. It, like, okay. I don't feel so. I don't feel bad for any mm-hmm. person who had you know what was it fifty grand or some shit right. to and spend on a who whoever went to that thing spent so much money. Oh my god! I mean, I I'm sorry. That's a that's a great story to well, tell. Well, it was your, hard not to not you dumbass. You get like, the meat in a story. You were like so that. cool. Like that is that to me. That's karma. There's a like yeah. if that <laughs> island were to have blown up. You know what I mean? Right while they were on it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if all of a sudden it was a nuclear testing, it wasn't so- really an island. It was just like some put. There. Oh yeah, yeah. But if if you put t- those are the people where you're like, take all those people and put them on an island somewhere, and then just you know put them on a cruise ship and blow them the fuck up because they don't control. They all they do, yeah, is fucking at Instagram and how party. Awesome. I'm the awesome person. Look how at me. awesome of a setup would that be? We're like, hey, here's the perfect like party for all you rich people. Let's blow them up. And it's not even the rich people that you. I mean, Warren Buffett didn't go to the right. fire festival. Right. You know, like the smart people who yeah. have cash were like, this is a total fucking joke. Yeah. Why yeah. the hell am I going to the fucking the, middle of but nowhere the to listen to Blink One Eighty Two? Influencers looked at it as an opportunity to get oh, yeah. total views. Oh, to be on the to be riding jet skis with models. That's right. why yeah. they. That's why they, they, they saw the they yeah. saw the promo video that was shot yeah. a year prior, and they're like, "That's gonna we, be that's us. That's gonna be me. My friends are gonna have mm-hmm. more respect mm-hmm. for me because." Of what I capture on my iPhone, right, right, exactly, and they know that that's I the real value of this. Right. I can afford to to be elbow and elbow to go with and take, celebrities to go and take a bunch of fake ass right. photos of myself having a great time. Listening to Travis Barker on uh, on Joe Rogan, he's like, "Man, we dodged a bullet. We were booked to play the Fire Festival. We saw things going south, and in the last minute, right before we got on a plane, we were like." nope <laughs> he's like i was this close to getting on a plane and going over there to get ready for our show and he's like he was like thank god we really got out i of felt one. so i mean if you i would feel so i would have felt really bad for the talent right because those are dudes who are just like you know what we're trying to do a job we're you trying to we, you got booked for a gig a gig's a gig you know exactly if they would have gotten out there and just been stranded <laughs> Yeah, what you got? No, Something I'm just happened? so you know. I thought I heard somebody knocking on the door, but we probably would have picked that up on a on a, on a microphone. That's right. That's um, right. But yeah, so it, to me, it was it was like it, seeing the links that this guy was going to, uh, to cut corners. Right. Meaning, it, it's a golf clap, 
in the sense that it's like, wow, that's some admirable shit. Like, right. You really did try. How about the local bartender? He's like, you guys, this is not happening. <laughs> the, no, just... but <laughs> you to to constantly to just when when you I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that meet the parents situation, right? Which is exactly what this guy had, where it's like. He bit off a little bit more than he could chew, and then shit went south, and then he just kept taking bites. Um, yeah, bigger. Yeah. Each one was and bigger than the last. Like, hey, look, okay, it's not really Escobar's Island. We're going to move it, uh, and it's shittier, and it's not even an island. And it's not even like – There's anything yeah, there. It yeah. was like a parking lot, yeah. right? Was it a giant parking lot? It, and it was, it was shit by comparison to what was promised, but they'll get over it. We're going forward with it. Yeah. Oh, I know we promised everybody houses. There aren't any really houses right. for anybody to be. There's no, you know, we promised cabanas and they're like, we can't give them cabanas. We'll give them, to, you know, like we promised some five-star meals and accommodations. Yeah. How about a sandwich with some, how about some yeah. toast with, with, a, food? with a half-eaten, you know, tomato and a right, cockroach. Right, right. So it's like everything that was promised, he delivered on. But he essentially was like, define your definition of accommodation. Yeah. Define, we, what? How do you define luxury? Right. right. I mean, to some people, this, this tent over here is a cabana. This cheese sandwich is more than is a gourmet. It, it was a gourmet meal. Yeah. You know, you don't think, hey, in certain areas of the world, Wonder Bread is considered that's to be gourmet. gourmet. Absolutely. It's, you know, that's legit. Yeah. So <laughs> he just kept it's going just a, and just going. the king of lowered expectations. So you, and you wondered... He and he kept saying, "Hey, look, uh, you're, my word is my bond. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. keep working your sixteen-hour days, guys. Locals. Oh my god, the guys that were trying to pull it together in the last week. You're I gonna get felt paid so bad for those guys. Don't worry about it. We yeah. got it. You're gonna be good. Like he kept lying. He and became he, the devil he, to he these had, people. He had people, all of his people below him, telling the same sad lies." Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh no! You just you're just watching the clock tick down on this bomb that's going to go off, and and everybody's and, and the people that he invited were the worst. It's like don't you don't fuck over people who are known for being catty social media influence, right? Like that's their whole thing is to talk shit online, build something up, and tear something down using yeah. free social media outlet like that's their whole gig why the right. fuck you're would giving you them so much ammunition do not fuck this group over you'll never get in the end of it oh my god so uh, in watching this whole thing just kind of crumble around him um it was really interesting after it was all said and done to see the interviews Right and like the 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 footage of what was going on after the fact, where he while he had it just absolutely exploded. Instead of like taking responsibility for this stuff, he just hopped right back up on that horse and started hustling again on some other thing. Right, he was like, "Whoa, dude, maybe you want to consider that this is not the right career path for you." Right, I mean, he must have. They must have been crazy lawsuits. I don't remember if they what. Oh yeah, I don't know how it worked, but yeah, or definitely. what he ended up having to shell back, or how to millions, ended. yeah, millions. I think that that was one of the more extravagant. I, I don't know how much it is that they they took in, but I think the festival, the accommodations for the festival, they had like a hundred thousand. They oversold the concert first off, right? I mean, they, they didn't have was, places for everybody anyway. Yeah, so it was oversold. <laughs> Uh, but I think they had over a hundred thousand people yeah. who each, on average, were paying somewhere between five and twenty thousand dollars, right, for accommodations, right. Do the math. I mean, you're talking about way north of twenty million, right? I mean, the, for a festival, I mean, you're talking maybe in the hundreds of millions, right, that this guy had. So to put on a concert, that's you know. That's a lot. Right. And you're not even supplying accommodation. Like, did he supply all the flight accommodations? Uh, I don't know. Was that I when you bought so. a package deal? Or oh, was it just... You get the airfare, too? I don't know. How shitty was it that the group of people or the one girl that talked the most that was like, oh, yeah, this was shitty, this was shitty. And at the end, they were like, but we actually did have a house, so we were actually good. 
You know, there was, oh, yeah. yeah, there was one group all the way through the movie. And at the end, they're like, show them like having a good time in the house. And yeah. they actually we were just drank wine the whole time while everybody was, else like, was stranded, was sleeping on wet. They didn't mattresses. open their doors to anybody. They just like, we got our own spot. Woo, it worked out for us. Dude, but the, like that to me is um, uh, would be one of the most exceptional. If you could make like a fictitious, a fictitious version right. of that movie. But instead, it it actually turned into like a Lord of the Flies moment right. for the social influencers. <laughs> Meaning, like, take a hundred thousand, you know, take take ten thousand social influencers, you know, some just some overprivileged people who live on their cell phone, and all they all they packed was a toothbrush and a bikini. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're and, like, we're just gonna go shopping when we get there, and put them on a. a Fucking cast away. Yeah. Put them out there with Wilson and let them fucking fish and hunt for their food and just see how long it takes before mm-hmm. they start eating each other. Dude, that sounds like a fun mockumentary movie style movie. Oh, that like, would be dude, great. Th- I would love to see how that, those people would tackle <laughs> real world survival start problems. Writing. Or maybe it's a reality show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Influence this. Yeah, right? That's the name right there. Fucking <laughs> influence your dinner. I got your influence. Influence your dinner to influence that fish into your into your bikini trap. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> and when the moment you know it would all go south, like they'd still have battery power on their phones, and I'm just envisioning like they have no cell service because they're on a deserted island. But they're all just wasting what battery they have left taking photos. Right. Like hashtag sad hashtag crash everything goes wrong with the head do you have any frowny face <laughs> and right when they need them the most they're dead oh yeah the phones are dead all the powers all the phones and then they're all like what do you uh, mean i've got to talk to these guys uh, can i text them they're right here yeah. i know but i i'm so much better at texting he's he's gross yeah yeah well he's the only one who knows how to cook he's the only one who knows how to hunt and fish i don't know he looks kind of slimy yeah, <laughs> I've done worse. I did a guy at Macy's. He was a huge salesman, but yeah. Okay, but nowadays I'll I don't talk to people up. I can smell. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, my Dolce shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I should have packed. I should have packed better. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know that that it, it, it's hilarious to me. And I'm I'm, o- sure. I'm only I mean I'm not that far. I think I skipped millennial generation by being born a year too early. Right. Uh, you're in the same crew as me. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. just like we're the last just, of, right. of Gen X, the ones that were outside playing without any tech. But it's the the these these up and comers, and this this is the Mister Roundabout. This is the point I was trying to make. Okay, and this is a t- this is something that people have mentioned in in uh, in a, you know in an article or. Uh, just in talking just kind of about the generational differences and what we have, sure. you know, where we went from baby boomer to Gen X to, I don't know if there was a Gen Y, I think it's just Gen X, then it, then it's millennials and now it's Project Snowflake. <laughs> right. And I think that's what we're going to be called, gener- Generation Snowflake. Snowflake. Mm. Yeah. But millennials is hilarious because the way that that millennials have kind of been forced to and i had this conversation with my sister like it's really difficult for millennials right now to be able to afford the same kind of lifestyle that their parents did you know what i mean right yeah that housing is you wanted to buy you want to buy a house in in la or dallas or in, in, in any me, maybe metropolitan area or even in the suburbs or whatever that's even remotely close to the city to where you can drive to work like your dad did right right and and go to work in a in a growing city um that's booming with commerce and has office space and all these things you grow grow your own business um extremely difficult by comparison just because housing is so it's ridiculous expensive yeah meaning you want to back then the house that you know my parents would have bought um that my dad you know a four or five bedroom house for him and three kids mm-hmm. and he had a 15 to 20 minute commute to work mm-hmm. right he wasn't right in the city he was close uh did his fair share of complaining about traffic as it continually started to ramp up right um obviously the bigger the city got the more housing was required mm-hmm. right so that whole period of so that house has gone up 10 times in his lifetime yeah i think that house was purchased for like 
uh, our original house was purchased for like a hundred and eighty thousand back in in early nineties. Gotta be worth nine to a million at this. Oh, point. it's it's. It, I think it's was a a mil five on like yeah. Zillow last time I looked at it. Wow. And that's like, what an, are they gonna do? It's a, an impossibility, <laughs> right? Because it's not like wages have gone up significantly comparatively. Meaning, right. right now, if you said, "Hey, you can afford," you know. You could, I can, I could probably afford to go out and buy a hundred and eighty thousand dollar home, if I'm a millennial, um, and I've got a decent enough job. You know, if I'm making, you know, let's call it eighty five to ninety thousand dollars a year, and I'm thirty five years old, mm-hmm. okay, thirty six years old. If I get to that point, I'm doing pretty well, right? Sure. Comparatively yeah. mm-hmm. to uh, to most, and that that's where I would kind of say opportunity came from there are a lot more of those opportunities back in our parents day but i'm just saying if you compared it to now right there were a lot more opportunities uh job wise everything was kind of booming and and the dollar went a lot further you you could raise a family of and they were having kids younger they were all having kids in their in their early early 20s 20s, yeah so you know you could raise a, a your wife didn't have to work. You could raise a family of three, you know, at, at that age. Uh, Maybe that was a little early. Uh, $30,000 salary. Say, let's, let's say 40, 40 years old, 39 to 40, like the tail end of the millennials. Okay. Um, that group, you know, if, you, if you're making that kind of kind of money back then, you could easily afford to buy that house. You could have even bought the $400,000 house. Right. You know what I mean? Now, you just can't. Like you can't afford to do that because that house is now worth three million dollars. Right. You know, there's a house down the street. Um, I remember I was talking to my old neighbor, and we, you know, we I live in a really strange area where you know, thirty feet by forty five feet plot of land is is worth over a million dollars. Right. Because it's coastal. But um, this dude was like 1973. He bought his house. And he bought it for $37,000. Wow. <laughs> Put that into perspective. He, wow. When he retired, he was he was in his 70s when he moved. He had lived there since 73. He left in like 2005, 2006. And he sold his house for $1.1 Wow. It's intense. Yeah. That's an intense explosive growth phase in, in the real estate market. And the worst part is, you know, the, your wages haven't gone up that significantly. Right. You know, for him, he probably, maybe, you know, back then, if he was balling hard, mm-hmm. like his peak earning potential, he could have been making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I remember my dad saying when he got out of college, uh-huh. he was making, Twenty thousand dollars a year, and that was a big deal. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean. Twenty grand was like a a, a high salary. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, well, was, that was when he got out of college, right? You know what I mean. But then it's like when when he when he started, you know, peaking and he started to hit like the six figure incomes or whatever. Shit was still pretty affordable at that time, right? You know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. houses were still six figures, right? You know, now we've moved into seven figure. Houses, you know, mm-hmm, house house mm-hmm. range, uh, it, as in, a standard in many places, right? Um, and it's like you know, people are still we're still arguing over minimum wage, right? Uh, so, Meanwhile, Michael Jackson has a theme park in his yard. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he earned it. You know, he earned it. Fair enough. He, you know, what yeah. he had to do. <laughs> he had to do that to all those kids. Yeah, he earned it up. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Offer me an amusement park. I'm still not doing that. So we've 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 covered uh, deceit. We've covered uh, uh, molestation. We've covered fraud. We've yeah. Covered, and documentaries kind of summed it all up, right? right? They're well, all so, this information hold on, hold on, in documentaries. On, on. Get, take us home, yeah, man. So, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right, my point was ultimately like when you're talking about the millennial generation, mm-hmm. right? The fact that we don't, they don't have 
these same level of opportunities as like say the baby boomers did of course right and they they don't have the it's it's harder to buy a home everything's more expensive there's way more competition everything all every, everybody wants to have the same life that you know give their kids the same life that they have it's just so much more competitive and, and more difficult because everything's so saturated as you say right which is forced a lot of the kids in the millennial generation like the Brian McFarlands, like the Elizabeth Holmes, like the, you know, to take this entrepreneurial route, which is so, but they don't do, they do it in a, the scammiest possible. Cause way. they have all these tools. They're like, people will listen. I can, I can do this. Exactly. Based off of just information. I can make it, I can make promises and I can sell smoke and I can get there so fast and rise so high by being able to do that because this generation, due to the fact that they don't have all these opportunities, spend most of their time idolizing what is not their neighbor. They What used to be your neighbor, the right. person that you see in front of you, it's not your neighbor. It's that person you see on Instagram who is a false representation. Right. It's the, it's the superstar who's on your high-definition television set that's telling you that they're living a better life than you. And that's how they're seeing the world. That's how they're digesting information and content. So that's who they're trusting. That's who they're believing. So it's so easy for this generation to fall prey to a snake oil salesman. And that's uh, – that, it's it's crazy. It is crazy. It is. And it's happening enough to where there will be preventative measures. You know, things will change and, and <clears throat> you know, grow. The more that these frauds come out based off of just information alone, being able to get from one person to the other so quickly to so many people – Something will – it'll slow down. I mean, you know, it'll be – people will be more aware of it and, you know, stuff will stuff will change. But right now, people are getting away with it and documentaries are seeing a rise in that because of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Well, I look forward to uh, having another discussion after this documentary comes out. So, Yeah, we'll, we'll be see. looking for it. That's a, that does sound like an interesting one for sure. Right on. This is a good one. This I was a good one.